Are churches courageous and faith-filled by having church services now? And what's going on in the world? Let's talk about it today on the Nonpartisan Evangelical. We're talking religion and politics on the Nonpartisan Evangelical Podcast. I could stand in the middle of Fifth Avenue and shoot somebody and I wouldn't lose any voters, okay? Challenging the mindset of the partisan evangelical church and asking the question, is God really a conservative Republican? And does God require his followers to be? What knucklehead, mush for brains evangelical leaders are trying to overthrow Trump. It's a special kind of dumb and calling yourself a Christian. Podcasting worldwide on the NPE network at npepodcast.com. This is the Nonpartisan Evangelical Podcast. We're not electing a pastor-in-chief. We're electing a commander-in-chief. With the Nonpartisan Evangelical himself, Paul Swearingen. All right, everybody, welcome to Today Live, and uh, those of you listening in on podcast, etc. Glad you're with me, Paul Swearingen here, the Nonpartisan Evangelical. And so a couple of things to talk about, and one is uh, I have people from time to time that say, well, you know, you say you're nonpartisan, but you're you're not, you know, you're not equally hard on both sides. And so just, or I think I continually need to reiterate, nonpartisan means I don't buy into the right-wing partisanship of the evangelical church. I think it's actually out of alignment with where God is today and where the church should be. And it's making the church be sort of this angry, divisive group of people that is not who we want to be, uh, frankly. And so that's where the name comes from. So just to, to make sure everybody knows what that means. But the question I asked before the open there is, are churches courageous and faith-filled by saying we're going to have services here in the time of the coronavirus? And so I want to talk a little bit about that today, but a couple of headlines. So um, the United States has now passed the 10,000 death mark uh, in uh, the coronavirus uh, issue. And, and we're being told that the next two weeks are going to be really big weeks. Now, today, the federal government sort of came out and said, hey, it looks like Washington and California are doing really well. And maybe even we're seeing New York start to, to flatten out a little bit, which would be great, great news. And I think one of the things to realize is what, what do California and Washington have in common? Well, both of their governors stepped up very quickly, made big calls, courageous calls, ones that for which they were heavily criticized, mostly by right-leaning often Christian people, and they shut things down very early. Our mayor here in Fresno, Mayor Brand, did a very courageous thing of shutting it down despite city council members and county board of supervisory people criticizing him strongly. But he made a bold move. Our Fresno Unified superintendent, even though our neighbor schools were not shutting down, made the decision to go for it. And because of that, it looks like Things may not be as bad in our region and in California as they are in other places because of very courageous decisions by those guys. As, and, and then as far as the, the federal government, Larry Kudlow, who's the financial advisor to the White House, said today on Monday, April 6th, this morning, that nobody could have predicted this was coming. The administration was caught completely by surprise by the coronavirus issue. Now, I hear a lot of people telling me why, you know, let's not play the blame game now and let's not, you know, 
But the reason we have to keep calling this out is because these lies keep coming and these lies are dangerous and they actually like put people's lives in jeopardy. And so very much there were there was a lot of information that the United States needed to get ready, that the coronavirus was coming, it was going to be severe, and the administration, for whatever reason, just kept hoping that maybe it would go away. Maybe it'll, maybe we'll get lucky. And because of that, we're in worse shape than we would have been otherwise. And the, the sad part of that now, the very, very sad news on that today is the Prime Minister of the UK, Boris Johnson, went into intensive care. Now, Boris Johnson was another one. He's very good friends with our president. And he was mocking it, saying, I'm going to shake hands with people in the hospital that have COVID-19. And tragically now, he's very, very ill. And we'd pray for his recovery. And and one sad story I read, we'll find out if it's true, is his, his uh, pregnant fiance also may have contracted the virus. So, wow, we're just hoping for... A miraculous recovery and turnaround there, but it just shows the danger. If we have leaders that are not willing to treasure and value honesty, and then are not willing to own their mistakes when they make mistakes, this is the danger. So I do a lot of coaching and it gets dangerous when we're not willing to own our mistakes. But I think being president is a really hard job. Nobody's going to do it perfectly. So I think it's really important that we give grace for our administration to make mistakes. And when we give that grace, then the administration has to be honest with us about those mistakes. And if any leader you have ever is not willing to own their mistakes or be honest about them, trust gets broken down. And right now, trust is is yet broken down in the United States, uh, other than people who are just going to defend the president no matter what on anything. The rest of us are sitting here going, I don't think we can trust these people that are leading the country. But fortunately, we have governors that we're trusting that have made hard calls. And so we hope that we are truly seeing the the flattening of that curve. So the other phenomenon that we have going on are pastors that are saying they're going to have services. And so I'm looking online here. I lost one of the stories here. Let me see if I can type it in real quick. A pastor from Thousand Oaks, California. Now, I think he he did this honorably, um, and, but he, he, ste- he was a city councilman in Thousand Oaks. So he stepped out of his position on the city council because he says he's going to disobey a city order and he's going to offer um, communion on Sunday, which is Easter Sunday. Um, I guess, and maybe even yesterday on Palm Sunday, he did this. And and so let me tell you, he did this as well as you can do. He only allowed 10 people at the church at a time, gave them communion, and had people stay apart. And, you know, I think you can make an argument for this. But this whole thing, and, and certainly there's this man, this pastor in, in Florida that kept having services. In, in Sacramento, we hear something like one in three COVID-19 cases can be tied back to somebody going to a church service, even when other things were being closed down. And, and so in my circles, in the evangelical circles, I hear a lot of people saying, well, if you have faith, you know, you can overcome this, um, as if somehow believing in God gives you a get out of jail free card for illness. But we know this is not true. We know people in our churches die of cancer. They die of disease. Tragically, some die unexpectedly uh, in all kinds of different ways because the Bible says it rains on the just and the unjust. 
And so this idea that if you just have enough faith, you have a church service. Now, I think there are people like a Mother Teresa that have a particular call on their life and they're just going to go and they're going to be with the the ill and uh, the downtrodden. And I think there can be some protection by God or by their faith or by their believing that they're going to be okay. I, I think there are instances like that, but they're rare and you have to really know what that call is. And I think a pastor saying, I'm going to have hundreds of people gather in a building in the midst of this would not be pleasing to God. I think I think it's not what Christianity is about. I think we're okay to say wisdom says Let's not do this. And I think the amazing opportunity of this season is the church, which has been dwindling in America severely as it is and completely losing a generation of millennials and Gen Zers even more behind that, to have a chance to look at this as an opportunity to say, maybe church isn't a building. Maybe we're going to learn how to do church in another way in this season. And it can be really good and can actually really impact culture, which I don't believe our churches are doing as much anymore because we're driving people away with our politics, particularly in my string. So what's the opportunity we have to learn here today if we just say, hey, it's really wisdom for us not to gather people together. Let's restructure, figure out our our financial model in the middle of this. Let's figure out how to to do things in sort of a, a different way and, and gather people online. The church is not a building. It never has been. A church is a community of people who believe together, envision together, and are going together. And most of the pastors I've heard, while yes, giving is down, and that's, that's a real thing, and I, I have a lot of sympathy for that, but their reach of the number of people that are accessing their message on a given Sunday is growing and is more than normally will even come into their building. So let's look at this as an opportunity and say, where do we go with that? And I think all of this ultimately is an opportunity. What can you do with this time? I was telling somebody in one of my coaching meetings today, time is such a gift. For so long, I've been talking to so many people that say, boy, if I just had time, I would work on myself. I would read that book. I would work on that book I want to write. I would work on my creative craft of painting, singing, playing an instrument. Well, we have that gift of time now. What if we take advantage of that? What opportunities could this be? If we have the gift of time with our families, what an opportunity this could be. It's Easter season. It's Monday of Easter week. And as the week goes along, I'll start doing some things on what does it mean as we came in, uh, as Jesus came into Jerusalem and reading that story and what can it mean in impacting us this week. But as we're in a coronavirus week, a week where we're told the numbers are really going to start to spike around us, what can we know is that we have a hope of goodness around us, that if we look inside ourselves and say Christ came to show what sacrificial love for humanity and for each other looks like, and we start to learn to walk in that, that we give up some of our, our greed, some of our comfort and money and the other things that we have and start to say, what does it look like if we really take care of each other in culture? I think something amazing can come to all of us this day. So I bless you in your Easter week with that. I say, yes, there are hard times around us. There are financially hard times. And I appreciate our leaders in Washington and in our state governments trying to do things to help sort of assuage that that financial burden so we can all keep going forward together. But what does the, what is this suffering going to produce in us? I'm excited to see what a new world looks like on the other side of this, that a generation. Some have asked me, is this a punishment from God, this virus? And I say, no, I don't believe 
there is a God in heaven that sends calamity on man for a good purpose. But what will happen is we will go to the ends of our desires. And I think that's some of what we're seeing when we don't protect the environment, when we don't protect ourselves, and when we're not taking care of each other and taking care of the poor, when we're not making sure good health care is available to everybody, we set ourselves up for seasons like these. And in the Bible, what happened is uh, the people wanted a king, and they said, give us a king. And, and God said, okay, here's King Saul. And, and you're going to find out what a poor choice you're making in your heart's desire. You're going to get to walk out to the end of that. And I think in some way, what we're seeing today is our heart's desires being walked out. And so the opportunity of this moment is to be able to repent. The Bible says repent. And repent doesn't mean admitting we stole gum when we were 12. Repent means change your mind and change your direction. It actually means turn around and go in the other direction. And that's the opportunity that I think is at hand. Let's Our political division, our political struggles are trying to win political battles or nothing when there's a virus around. And does it give us a chance to say, hey, maybe all the time these desires are misplaced. And maybe there's another way for me to think. That's what we like to talk about on Nonpartisan Evangelical. Love to hear your thoughts. One other thing I'd like you to do while you have this gift of time, if you go to my website, npepodcast.com, you can see about my novel, Joseph Comes to Town, when the religious right goes religiously wrong. It's my vision of what Jesus would say if he were on earth today about the right-wing church. I want you to check it out. And if you click that Patreon button in the upper right-hand corner, you can join our NPE Patreon community. There's a little cost to it, and that helps sort of buy our equipment and what we need for the nonpartisan evangelical around here. But I have a special deal on there right now. I'm recording the novel in the audiobook series form, so we're doing it in segments. And the first three segments are on there. I have exclusive commentaries you can only get on the Patreon page, and I would love for you to go on there and hear it. It's my favorite project I've ever done, and I would love for you to hear it. So go to my website, npepodcast.com. In the upper right-hand corner, you'll see a Patreon button, or if you're on a device, uh, click in uh, the list of the little bars there in the menu, and you'll see Patreon. And when you click on that, you can access all the good things we do with our NPE Patreon community, including the audiobook series for Joseph Comes to Town, the novel, When the Religious Right Goes Religiously Wrong. Check it out for me. We'll have some fun together there. Bless you all. Have an amazing Easter week, and we'll see you all again soon if I can figure out how I stop this thing. Blessings, and have a great, great week. Music.